This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. It's the Morning Bulletin here on the Blood Red channel as we bring you your must-know stories from this morning's reports. I'm Guy Clark and on Thursday the 3rd of September, these are your top stories. Liverpool's wish for Genie as Barcelona saga continues. Harry Wilson set for Red's dream as season draws closer. Neil Critchley lays on Blackpool friendly. Liverpool looks set to challenge Chelsea in midfielder pursuit. And could the Reds be set to raid Red Bull Salzburg again? All to come here on the Morning Bulletin from Blood Red. And alongside me, as ever, Matt Addison. Matt, how are we? Yeah, very good, thanks, mate. It's uh, good to, to have a game, isn't it, to talk about over the weekend. We thought that it might just be one of those international breaks where they do tend to drag a little bit, I think it's fair to say, particularly at this point in the season. It's that first one, isn't it? I mean, this year... The season hasn't even started, but sometimes it's it's two or three games in. It's you know, it's just not ideal. But thankfully, uh, as we are going to touch upon shortly, Liverpool do have a game this weekend. So something uh, Liverpool-related for us to talk about on Saturday, at the very least, even if we do have to watch England after that. Yes, certainly. We'll get into the Blackpool friendly. And as you say, just nice for Liverpool actually to have a game. Well, uh, Only one place really to start today and that's straight in with transfers and one that's dominating the agenda, it seems, right across the board this morning and that is Genie Wijnaldum to Barcelona. Of course, those links with Ronald Koeman. Yesterday, we had him agreeing terms with Barcelona, which seems to have been wide of the mark, Matt, but our Liverpool correspondent Paul Gorst on the Echo has penned a piece looking into Liverpool's plans for the Dutchman. Yeah, the uh, the latest update, as you say, is that those sort of speculations surrounding the, the agreed terms doesn't appear to be the case just yet, but you wouldn't be surprised if that happened at some point down the line. At this moment, uh, still sort of no deal in terms of a new contract or anything like that. He's still on the same contract as, as when he signed Gini Wijnaldum from back in 2016. So that was a five-year deal, obviously runs out next summer. So at the moment, no active talks. Um, there's been no active talks since uh, COVID-19 broke out. Uh, basically, Liverpool, obviously, in a similar way to the transfer market, were, were unprepared during that period of uncertainty to commit to anything. And it was deemed the sort of sensible and logical approach to take to sort of avoid talking about those sorts of things during that period of uncertainty. Obviously, now there's a little bit more known. Uh, We know a little bit more about what's going to happen with fans, as we touched on yesterday. We know about television deals and and stuff like that. We've got more information. The night kit deal, for example, has come in since then. But still no talks with Genie Wijnaldum at this moment in time. And that does suggest that that those talks will not come back. Of course, there is a a small chance that Genie Wijnaldum could sign a new contract, but it looks like either this summer or next he will be leaving Liverpool uh, either as a free agent or perhaps with a small fee. So it's uh, interesting to see the sort of difference in stories. There's been lots of speculation um, over in Spain, in Holland yesterday as well, about what might happen next and that sort of thing. But I think what is pretty obvious is that Ronald Koeman obviously knows him from the Netherlands, uh, from internationals. Uh, he would quite like to take him to Barcelona. I think that is pretty clear, pretty obvious. Gini Wijnaldum is a player who I think would improve that Barcelona midfield. Ivan Rakitic, Arturo Vidal is expected to, to follow him out of the door as well. They're both probably going to go this summer. 
they do need replacements. And, and when Alden would make sense, you know, pairing him again with uh, Frankie de Jong in that midfield, as they do for their country, it does seem to make a lot of sense. But Barcelona, uh, as Paul Gorst has written, yet to make a move. But I just think there's no smoke without fire. I think there's too many stories. At first, you wondered whether it was just the obvious link of him being Dutch. The fact that his contract's running out, it's almost a perfect storm to to get the player out. But I think actually there's there's probably a little bit more genuine interest in that at this stage now. So it's going to be interesting to see what the, the next few weeks hold. Obviously, the transfer window open until October the 5th. Um, you know, as we discussed yesterday, that the sort of fee of 13 to 15 million pounds, it's going to have to be bigger than that, I think, for, for Liverpool to be tempted into uh, letting him go this summer. But, you know, for, for me, it's not just that. It's they would have to, to have a replacement lined up. And I think probably most people know the name that I've got in my head, whether it's uh, Tiago Alcantara or somebody else. I think Liverpool would have to bring in somebody else to replace Gino Wijnaldum. Um, and you would hope that that was agreed so that someone could come in as he went out. But yeah, at this stage, it does look like he's going to be leaving possibly sooner rather than later, but certainly within the next 12 months. And it's a massive shame, I think. It's uh, obviously a player that Jurgen Klopp likes. He's been uh, a huge part of, of the last few seasons. He's scored some massively important goals, even sort of goals to get Liverpool into the Champions League, goals that won Liverpool the Champions League and, and then played all but one of the matches last season as they won the Premier League. So, yeah, it, it would be a big player to try and replace, I think. Uh, I can understand why Barcelona want him. Equally, I can understand um, why he might want to go. And you know, with one year left on his deal, a move to Barcelona might sort of seem um, the logical next step for him. Uh, but it is it is worth saying at this moment in time, both Liverpool and, and Gini Wijnaldum are preparing to start the new season with Liverpool. But, you know, as we keep saying in this transfer window, things can change very quickly. Um, and if there are developments, of course, we will keep you updated with those. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think the replacing Gini Wijnaldum could prove maybe harder than many people might anticipate straight up, given, as you say, just how many games he's played and how close we are now to the season, trying to get someone to slot into that role he, he plays on the, on a regular basis would be quite difficult. But there will be more twists and turns to come of that, we do have no doubt. Up next, then, it's time to uh, discuss another Liverpool player and one in truth, Matt, we probably had anticipated finding a new club by now. Now, there have been interested parties, but at the moment, no one willing to pay the £20 million price tag that Liverpool have on the head of Harry Wilson. And Gorsty's again been taking a look at this one on the Echo and how the Welshman actually might finally get his way. Yeah, the, the key words there, really, £20 million. Uh, no Premier League club at this stage is prepared to put that sort of a figure down. Uh, you can understand why that is the case, obviously. Again, it comes back to COVID-19 and, and the uncertainty surrounding that. So it's a familiar situation for Harry Wilson. Uh, as Gorsty has written, you know, every single season he's impressed on loan. He's come back. The question has been asked, you know, will he get this first team chance? Will this be the season that he becomes a part of the Liverpool squad? And, you know, this year that might actually come to fruition. It might actually be the case. Obviously, he's impressed again at Bournemouth. He was one of their best players. I think he was certainly their top scorer or you know, in and around that, he certainly was for, for a large proportion of the season. Um, but yeah, Liverpool's stance has, has not changed. They want 20 million. They don't want to loan him. 
So it doesn't look like he's going to be allowed on loan unless Liverpool sort of climb down from that position. But I think generally Liverpool this summer, uh, there's a few players uh, I've written about Marco Gruich overnight. Potentially, you know, Liverpool might have to go back on on their stance on him because you know they are very very well stocked in that area of midfield. You know, would you keep him around? Uh, would you then possibly loan him if that was the best thing to do? Come the end of the summer, if nobody has put down that twenty million pound fee, so there's a potential for Liverpool to change their minds on this. But you know, with Gruich, with Wilson, at this moment in time, they are still sticking to that stance of you know, these players will not be allowed out on a, another temporary basis. So, yeah, it, it does sort of give obviously Harry Wilson a chance to to come into this Liverpool squad. Um, to be honest, if if everyone's fit, you struggle to see even how he gets onto the Liverpool bench, um, if we are being completely truthful. Uh, injury kept him out of, obviously, pre-season. You know, I think there was a, a bit of speculation that he might have been left out with a potential move on the cards, but that wasn't the case. It, it was just an injury. We've seen him now back from that injury uh, and in Wales training. Um, so he's obviously back uh, as soon as those matches with Wales are finished and he comes back and, and trains for Liverpool. I think it will be a little bit clearer at that point, um, kind of where the land lies for him this summer, where he is uh, compared to, say, someone like Zedan Shukiri, who didn't play, well, hardly anything last uh, season. The last time I think we saw him was in January. Even that was only for a few minutes. So it would be um, not the best situation, I would say, for Harry Wilson, even if he was the replacement for Zedan Shukiri, for example. Uh, not that we know that Shakiri is going anywhere at, at this stage. He possibly is sticking around as well, which makes things even more difficult. But, you know, even if you said Harry Wilson took on a kind of Zerdan Shakiri uh, role in this Liverpool squad, even that, I wonder, you know, how happy he would be with that after having so many minutes and, and so many starts last season to then go to, to having bits and pieces every few weeks probably wouldn't be the ideal scenario. So, I think for me, you know, Newcastle, Leeds, Southampton have all been linked. It would make sense as soon as one of those teams comes in for him to, to just let him go and, and let him, you know, pr- continue his progression elsewhere. Obviously, keep a, a buyback clause and a sell-on clause and things like that in the contract so that, you know, if he does go on and, and have um, a better career and, and progress, Liverpool can then go back and, and get him again. But for me... As much as obviously he's got what he wanted, in a sense, preparing for this new Premier League season with Liverpool, it's just not the way that he would have envisaged it. And I wonder, you know, if you know by October the fifth, if Liverpool still have him on their books, probably at that point won't have played a single minute of football for for Jurgen Klopp this season. I wonder whether the player then will start to think actually, as much as Liverpool want to sell me and not loan me. I'd quite like to, to go out and, and probably push for that at that stage. So I think there's still plenty to, to sort of unfold in this. I don't think this is the last we've heard of it, but yeah, fingers crossed for him because he's an excellent player, um, an excellent person as well. I've you know had the, the pleasure of speaking to him a few times and he's got the, the right attitude. He wants to play. All he wants to do is, is play football. So you know, fingers crossed, some sort of solution can be found so that that's possible. Yeah, I'm not sure m- myself if this isn't the kind of deal that we might see concluded, as you alluded to there. Once the season's actually underway, you might get a couple of those sides you mentioned, the likes of 
Leeds, Newcastle and Southampton get a few injuries maybe or poor results, lacking a bit of spark in attack and all of a sudden Harry Wilson is the answer for them. We'll have to wait and see with that one. Before we get on to the transfers and the players linked with Liverpool this morning, Matt, news confirmed yesterday, which we were already aware of, is that the Reds will have a pre-season run out this weekend, as we've already discussed, against Neil Critchley's Blackpool. Yeah, it's a, a really good game, I think, for, for Liverpool to have. One that makes a lot of sense, as you say, the ex-under-23s manager uh, back at Anfield. Obviously, people will remember the scenes from the FA Cup last season when he took over the, the squad for certain matches. Obviously, I've seen him plenty of times for the under-23s, I remember. Plenty of, of times where they've played at Anfield against Everton and, and Manchester United and things like that. So, it'll be great to, to see him back. Um, obviously not been away that long, not had that many Blackpool games. Uh, I think it was only two or three that he took charge of before uh, COVID-19 brought the season to an end. So, yeah, plenty to, to sort of think about for, for Liverpool over the weekend and it's going to be a, a good game, I would think. So, yeah, we'll have obviously all of the coverage of that. Um, plenty of, of players, actually, as, as much as there are internationals, there'll still be you know, a lot of, of interesting players on show for Liverpool, obviously. The Brazilian players, I'm, I'm pretty sure Takumi Minamino as well will be there. The African players, so the, the entirety of the front three plus Nabi Keita, um, they will all be there. Um, and yeah, it, it's going to be another opportunity for, for those players to get some minutes in their legs. Obviously, the other players, anyone who's playing for England, Trent Alexander-Arnold, for example, is now back from, from injury, potentially could play for, for England on the same day. So anyone who's away on international duty won't feature but there will be plenty of, of interesting players and more than enough to, to put together a really strong Liverpool team for Saturday afternoon. So, yeah, three o'clock kickoff at Anfield. No fans, of course, but uh, certainly worth keeping an eye on the Liverpool Echo website for how that one goes. Yeah, certainly. Well, still to come then, we hit the transfer trail as the Reds are monitoring a midfield target as Chelsea look to push ahead. And who could be the next Red Bull Salzburg player on Michael Edwards' hit list? The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. So a couple of reports linking Liverpool with certain players this morning. Matt, let's get into them. And first up, we did speak about him yesterday, but in relation to a move to Bayern Munich. As you said then, Liverpool have previously kept tabs on him. And now 90 men are reporting that Bayern, PSG and Chelsea are set to compete for Inter Milan's Marcelo Brozovic, whilst Liverpool will just be in the distance, keeping an eye on proceedings. Yeah, I don't think it's a player that Liverpool would necessarily be interested in this summer. Uh, obviously, I think he's maybe not the first midfielder that comes to a lot of fans' lips when you think of replacing Gino and Alden. But he is a player that we know Liverpool have, have looked at in the past, maybe not as seriously as what Chelsea, PSG and Bayern are said to be doing at this moment in time. But he is, as far as I uh, am aware and as far as I've seen, a very, very interesting, very technically gifted player to play in that middle of the pitch. And you wonder sort of why Inter would let him go, but I suppose they are looking at N'Golo Conte. Tongin Dombele as well from Tottenham, obviously only been there a season, but they're apparently very interested in him. So potentially um, Inter and, and Antonio Conte have got their eyes on on other players and they just want a little bit of a freshen up in that midfield. And I'm sure, you know, there, there won't be a shortage of suitors, but as I say, I'd be very surprised if Liverpool went for him this summer. Chelsea would be interesting. Uh, obviously, for, for him to come to the Premier League would be very interesting. Would give, uh, well, as 90 men say, it, it would give him the chance to work with Frank Lampard. And apparently, 
and that is something that you know very much appeals to him. So yeah, we could see a Chelsea midfield of Brozovic and Kovacic, which would be a bit of a mouthful, but something uh, certainly to watch out for. And you know, Chelsea have made some huge signings this summer, wholesale changes across the team, and midfield was probably the one area that they. They hadn't really touched too much. Obviously, Hakim Ziyech was one, but he's more possibly of a number 10. So it'd be interesting to, to see what happens. But I would say at this stage, probably Bayern Munich or, or PSG are, are more likely than Chelsea, just because you know Chelsea still prefer Declan Rice, apparently from West Ham, which I think is a, an interesting one. I'm not the, the biggest fan of, of him, to be honest. I, I think he's he's okay. Um, but I think as, as ever, there is a, a little bit of a an English premium, shall we say, that, that gets added to those price tags. So I think there's going to be plenty of, of movement. I, I don't think Chelsea are, are finished necessarily in the transfer market, but I would say Marcelo Brozovic probably not coming to the Premier League, probably PSG or Bayern more likely at this stage, but certainly I would think not Liverpool. Yeah, no, Chelsea, of course, still yet to, to formally announce the signing of Kai Havertz from Bayer Leverkusen as well. So, uh, yeah, that one does feel more of a tentative link than anything concrete, certainly from a, a Liverpool perspective anyway. To round things uh, off then, this time last week, of course, Liverpool had just played Red Bull Salzburg out in Austria in a pre-season friendly, of course, grabbing a, a two-all draw in that game in the end. But they had to come back from 2-0 down. And the man who scored both of Salzburg's goals is now being... I say lined up by the Reds, according to a few reports, Matt. Yeah, uh, Pat Sandaka uh, scored twice against Liverpool in that friendly. And, you know, he was the replacement for Red Bull Salzburg when Erling Haaland left to sign for Borussia Dortmund. So obviously they have high hopes for him. Uh, they were happy to, to bring him into the team. And to be fair to him, 24 goals in 31 games last season suggests that he's got a fair bit of talent. Liverpool, Arsenal and Manchester United all apparently keen on him. Uh, it would make sense, obviously. We've discussed plenty of times the sort of links uh, and similarities between the Red Bull clubs um, and Liverpool, particularly, I think, with, with Salzburg as well, obviously. Takumi Minamino is one who's who's moved. Um, so you would you would imagine that he is one that Liverpool have, have taken a look at, but... You know, whether anything comes of that, I'm not too sure at this stage. Uh, I think Liverpool obviously aren't spending a huge amount of money, but he's someone who perhaps if he stays in Austria for, for another season could potentially be on their radar next summer. But yeah, Marseille, Lille, Lyon and of course RB Leipzig who would have a fairly big advantage uh, given the fact that obviously it's uh, another Red Bull club. We've seen plenty of clubs, uh, plenty of players rather, switch between those two clubs over the seasons. He Chang Huang this summer was just the latest one, and, and you wonder if Pat Sendaka potentially his next move could be to Leipzig. But uh, yeah, certainly one to, to keep an eye on. Obviously, with a goal record like that, he looked very good against Liverpool. You've got to say, two goals um, obviously is is not uh, always an easy thing to, to get past Liverpool. Not too many teams. Uh, forget individual players can can score two goals in a game past Liverpool. So, yeah, he, he looked like an interesting player, didn't he? But uh, at this stage, I think it's it's very much Liverpool just having a look, taking a look, doing the due diligence. There's nothing concrete in it at this stage, but you know who knows what might happen over the next few months. Yeah, the cynic in me would say that 
had the man who scored Liverpool's two goals in that game, scored them against Liverpool in Rian Brewster, he would have been linked with Liverpool just the way of the world. But we'll have to, to wait and see how it does play out. But we have seen in recent years, as you say, Matt, Liverpool's liking for players who are either at either one of the uh, the Red Bull clubs. Naby Keita, of course, coming in. Takumi Minamino and also someone like Sadio Mane. Didn't directly come from there, but of course did have his, his grounding over there. But before we go, of course, yesterday marked what would have been the great Bill Shankly's birthday. And today it's Gerard Houllier's 73rd birthday. We wish him, of course, many happy returns. Houllier became the Reds' first manager from outside of the British Isles when he arrived in a joint managerial role with Roy Evans in July 1998 before taking solo charge that November. He went on to add a historic treble to the Reds' honours list, of course, in the 2000-2001 season, winning the League Cup FA Cup and UEFA Cup before adding a further League Cup in 2003. Remember to keep an eye on the Echo throughout the course of the day, including the Daily Transfer blog, which will round up the big Liverpool transfer news in one place for you. And there's also the Twice Daily newsletter. Find the link in the description of this podcast. All you need to do is enter your email address and our top Liverpool stories will find their way directly to you. Also, keep across the Blood Red podcast platforms, wherever it is you get your audio on demand, as well as our dedicated Blood Red YouTube channel. There'll be plenty more content to come through through the course of the day. But from Matt Addison and myself, Guy Clark, thanks for joining us here on the Morning Bulletin. That's all for now. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.